0: I yeah.
1: I've seen those episodes on Gunsmoke where somebody gets hit in the head and uh, <laughs> takes takes, takes them a whole a whole hour <laughs> to get back. <laughs>
2: Good morning. It's kind of waiting to see. Okay, we're going to do announcements first. And I'll probably botch these, so if I'm doing it wrong, somebody, somebody let me know. Um, June the 3rd is the men's Bible study back in the fellowship hall. June the 17th is men's breakfast. Both of those are at 8.30. Heart to heart is June the 20th. Do we know who's speaking? That's June the twentieth, six o'clock, back in the Fellowship Hall. Prime Timers is June the twenty-fourth. I don't know where Faith went. Do we know anything about that? Working Working on it, so that'll be to come. Tonight we're having a business meeting. There won't be a regular service, but please come. Um, We'll be voting on board members and a secretary. Um, Only members can vote. But you're all, you, you all need to come because we'll also be going over the financials and stuff. Next Sunday, we're going to have a preacher come to try out. Um, there will be a meal after the morning service. And they're going to do it a little bit different with the questions and answers. If you have a question, if you'll write it down on a piece of paper and give it to the board member, give it to a board member, they will read it over the mic. It just will save a little confusion and everybody will be able to hear What the question is and then he will be here that next sunday night as well and we will be voting next sunday night so please be here for be here anyway for services but be here for for that because we want y'all to know we want everybody to know what's going on and have a have a say and an opinion um well we don't want to hear everybody's opinion but we want everybody to (laughs) get an opinion um Alan's going to come and we're going to take offerings. So y'all, if y'all will go ahead, whoever was going to help, if y'all will come on. And um, then we're going to start service. But let's stand and um, do the offering.
1: Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, I thank you for what you are about to do in this house this morning. Father, as we come before the very throne of grace in boldness and in confidence, we thank you, Father God, that Holy Spirit is allowed and loosed into this house to move to guide and direct, to touch and to heal and deliver. Father God, we want to see you move. We want to be able to be part of you moving in this service today. And I pray, Father, even now as we begin with our giving, may it be given from a joyful and a thankful heart, Father God, to you. For you have given us all things. Lord, every good and perfect gift comes from you, Father God, to whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. And we thank you, Lord, for your blessings on our life. And Father, we just want to begin our praise and our worship in our giving. And Lord, and as we are led in singing and as we hear the word, Father God, may your will be done in this house. And that for your honor and your glory and your praise, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us. It is a love that sets our
2: hearts away. So we're going to sing that one more time. I want y'all to sing it with us. There is a
0: light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us, it is a love that sets our heart. There is a mercy strong enough to save. We feel it rising up from I worship you. I worship you always. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Father, fill this place. Fill this place, Lord. Oh, we cry out this morning.
2: anticipating great things from this service this morning god father even as we practice this morning we could feel your presence in this place god i feel in my spirit god that you're ready to move god you just need willing vessels god father we are willing this morning we are willing this morning for you to do whatever you want to do in this service god free reign father just have your way in this service Whatever is not of you, God, we don't want it in this building, Lord. We don't want it in our minds. We don't want it in our spirits, Lord. Father, help us to just release everything and just be in the moment with you, Father.
0: Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. i If you're tired and you are thirsty, there is freedom. just give your all to Jesus. There is freedom.
2: One more time.
3: People, it should never be a surprise to us that he is here. He promised that. He said that when two or more gather together in his name, he said that he would be right here with us. But what he desires from you and from me is for us to acknowledge his presence. And if you would, please, let's acknowledge his presence. Lord, we worship you. We declare that you are here. We declare that, Lord, your presence is moving among us. And, Lord, we never want to take your presence for granted. We thank you, Lord, that you're here for a reason, that, Lord, you want to meet with us, your children. And, Lord, we want to worship, we want to magnify, we want to glorify you. So, Lord, may you be blessed. May you be magnified, and may you be exalted. And, Lord, we acknowledge your presence. It is so good to feel your presence. It's so good to know your nearness. It is so good to know that everything in this meeting is being brought into submission to Jesus Christ. That, Lord, with your presence, you're taking your authority And, Lord, we declare you as Lord, Lord God Almighty. And, Lord, move in this meeting, do all that you want to do, Father. Thank you in advance, Lord, for every miracle, every healing, every work of restoration. Thank you, Lord, for just meeting with us. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name bless your name god is so good to us can you say amen? amen i want to give an opportunity for prayer this morning and i would like for you to be able to overcome any obstacle that would attempt to keep you from coming into a prayer line i i i have dealt with obstacles in prayer and i'd say every christian here has And I'm gonna tell you one of the lies that the enemy uses over and over and over again as an obstacle to prayer is, one is who do I think I am to ask God to do this for me? Another obstacle in prayer is, well, my need is not that great. It's not as bad as somebody else and somebody else has got cancer and their need is far more important than mine. What that becomes is obstacles to you seeking God in prayer. What I'm going to tell you is this God cares for you and it doesn't matter what your need how big how huge it may seem or how small it and insignificant it may seem God wants very much to be involved in your life and I would take you to a story in the Bible and, and it to me I, I look at this miracle in the Bible and what it was was that they needed to pay their tax if you remember the story of needing to be able to have a coin to pay a temple tax. And the disciples didn't have it. And and Jesus said, go over, take a hook, throw it into the water. When you throw it into the water, now they weren't hook fishermen. They were net fishermen. So this is totally different. And so throw that hook in the water, and there's going to be, notice he didn't say put bait on the hook. Are you with me? I want you to see how many elements came together for this one miracle. Throw so that hook into the water, there's going to be a fish. The, tr- the hook is going to be an attraction to the fish. The fish is going to come over and bite the hook. You're going to catch the fish. Then you're going to open the fish's mouth. And in the fish's mouth is going to be a coin. That coin's going to be exactly what you need. Now, when you see that, all of those elements come together. That was a whole lot that had to happen. You know, there had to be a hook. There had to be an attraction to the hook. There had to be a fish. There had to be a fish take the hook. There had to be a fish that sometime, somewhere, put a coin in his mouth. You know? And somewhere on the bottom, there was somebody that lost that coin. And now they lost that coin. And there it was. And now the fish came and got it. Now the fish... Are you with me? Yeah. And so when you think about that one miracle, man, look at all those different elements that had to come together to be able to provide for what? A coin. Now that coin seems... Maybe may be pretty insignificant if you compare it to the widow at Nan whose son was dead and she was a widow and had no source of income. That's a pretty big need, but the reality is the need for a coin was important to God too. That's my point. Don't minimize God's love for you in wanting to minister to whatever your need may be. If you're here this morning, you've got a need you want to give to Jesus, would you come stand across the front of the church? I want to anoint you with oil, and we're going to pray that God will provide the fish, the coin, the hook, put everything together according to His will. God bless you as you come. touch were never the same. Thank you, Lord, that in you our lives are changed. Thank you, Lord, that in you we receive life, we receive purpose, we receive meaning. We know who we are, we know where we're going, we know who we belong to. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Glory to your name. God is good. Can you say amen Amen. all the time? God bless your heart. You can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Julie and the worship team, the musicians. Would you be a blessing to them, please? God bless your heart. It's good to be in a church that's sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I get to tell you that no one has a program. You don't have a program and I can tell you that no one on the platform has a program and nobody wrote up one. The the, the plan is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's the program. And, and God bless you. Uh, let me echo what Julie said earlier. There will be a business meeting t- this evening. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a back kind of work towards that is uh, there are two deacons tonight and the Secretary of Treasury going to be elected. We have requested from the Oklahoma District Council Assemblies of God an emergency business meeting for the church. Because normally you cannot have a business meeting without a pastor. But I I represented the church, made contact with the Oklahoma District, and I will be personally chairing the meeting tonight. So if there's any questions about that, note the Oklahoma District has given me the... The go ahead to have this meeting tonight. And so I will chair the meeting tonight. There will be an election of two deacons and a secretary and treasurer tonight. And there will be a little brief report from the, the deacon board concerning your, your pastoral election that's coming up. Thank God you got a candidate. Yes. And everybody said, Amen. Yes. And in fact, if you would, please, I'd like for you to agree with me right now in prayer for him. Let's pray for, they'll be uh, coming to be with you next week. And let's pray for God's will to be done and include in that prayer, God's anointing for the message. Father, we pray for the pastor candidate coming next week. We pray your protective hedge as they travel. We pray that your blessing would be upon every part from beginning to end. And Father, our desire for this church is your perfect will. Our desire is for the right pastor to take this church forward in revival. Thank you for the stirring of your Holy Spirit, the revival that's already here. And may there be a leader that's able to take this church forward into a mighty move of God. That that you desire to do through Long growth. So, Lord, bless this candidate, your perfect will, your plan. And, Father, may there be an anointing now upon your word. May your word come alive to every one of our hearts. And may the outcome of your spoken word this morning be your perfect plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good. Yesterday, I, I had a tremendous honor to be able to speak at an um, armed forces uh, Appreciation Day. We had, well, probably about 250, 300 people there. It was just a very beautiful time. And it was at Discovery Church Yukon. And uh, it's good to be able to recognize our armed forces. Uh, In fact, uh, I will not be able to be with you next week, being Memorial Day weekend, and it'll be a great time. But I would like to do something this morning. Would all of our veterans stand? If you are a veteran or if you're currently in military, would you stand? Because I I would like to be able to take a moment and recognize you, all of our veterans and all of our current military. God bless your heart. Thank you very much. We appreciate you all. Appreciate you very much. We, we sing about freedom, we sing about liberty, but we as Americans would not enjoy the liberty and the freedom we do if it wasn't for the sacrifice of these people. Can you say amen? amen. And I, I thank God very much for them. Please find your Bible. When you find your Bible, we'll go to Luke chapter 17 eventually. Uh, that's where we'll kind of wind up. And always bring your Bible to church, either in a written form or on your iPhone, if you have your, or excuse me, I'm not going to promote iPhone, but uh, whatever type of phone you got, Uh, if you would, you you can, that's fine too, that that doesn't hack me off, just don't go to Facebook, it'll blow up if you do that, and don't go to Snapchat, it'll blow up, if if you start searching uh, eBay, you know, God will blow up your phone, Uh, we, we pray for that all the time. God is good. Notice with me, it is time to be stirred. I'm going to tell you, church, it's time for Lone Grove Assembly of God Church to be stirred. You're about to get a new pastor. What, What kind of church does the pastor want to come into? He wants to come into a church that's going to be willing to respond to this message. This is a critical message for this church at this time. It is time. It is time for you to be stirred. If you will, Jesus did something prior to his death, prior to his resurrection, prior to his ascension to the Father. He did it in Matthew chapter 16 and 21. He told exactly what was about to happen. I'm gonna tell you when Jesus went to the cross of Calvary, it was not a surprise to him. He knew exactly what was gonna happen. Notice with me Matthew 16 and 21. Jesus described saying that he would suffer at the hands of the chiefs, if you will, the chief priests and scribes. He would be killed. And he said also that on the third day he would arise again. Do you see that? Please. That's Matthew 16, 21. He said exactly what was going to happen. I'm going to go in Jerusalem. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be abused by them. I am ultimately going to be killed But hang on, that's not the end of it. On the third day, I'm going to rise again. And Jesus did. I can tell you also that in John chapter 14 and 3, Jesus said something else that he was going to do. He said, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. It's been a little over 2,000 years now. Must be a pretty wonderful place. Anybody say "Amen." amen? I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. I'm going to go away and prepare a place. He said, I'm going to come again. When I come again, I'm going to receive you into myself, and I'm going to take you where I am, that where I am, there you may be also. Anybody say amen? Amen. That was a tremendous promise. But what I tell you is, is this. Today, that return of Jesus Christ is a promise that is not yet fulfilled. Why can I say that? We're still here. And so the reality is Jesus promised, just as he promised and said, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be killed, I'm going to suffer many things, but on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Just as he did that, look at me, please. He's also going to come back. Okay. If Jesus did that, then I can guarantee you Jesus is going to do that also. Both of them are a reality. So today, this return of Jesus Christ as a promise to us is something that we believe in beyond a shadow of a doubt is a part of the integrity of Jesus Christ. If if Jesus has a high integrity, which I believe he does, and that is, is he cannot lie. Uh, If you go to Titus chapter 2, verse 1, we have a hope in the God who cannot lie. And Jesus is God, Emmanuel, God who came to be with us, and he cannot lie. So the reality is, I believe that Jesus Christ is coming back again. I believe, even me personally, that he's coming back again very soon. I'm going I'm to prove that to you this morning, if you'll just stick with me. I see something else about Jesus' teaching concerning end-time events, the time that we live. Notice with me, if you would, please, Mark 13, 32-37. Jesus speaking, he says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the sun. Very critical. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, The day I don't know. He's saying, I, I couldn't even tell you what day I'll come back because I don't know. Only the Father knows. But I'm going to tell you this. There's going to be a day that the Father turns to the Son and says, today's the day. Now's the time. Go get your church. Now, Jesus is going to be the one coming in the rapture to take His church away. We know that. First Thessalonians chapter 4. But the reality is, right now, Jesus, biblically, doesn't know when. The angels don't know in heaven. The Son doesn't know. Notice with me but only the Father. But this is what Jesus tells us in that framework. Take heed, watch. Watch and pray for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house, gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In the evening, at mid, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Least coming suddenly, he find you asleep. That's why we got to be stirred. We don't want to be sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Can you see the emphasis? They're very obvious. And that is that word, watch. Uh, I believe something with that word. And, and let's understand it. I believe that the church... Watches for Christ's return, that with this watching, that there will be a stirring that the believers will recognize it's very near. I believe that the reason we watch is to be stirred. Can you say amen? You know, why watch if you're not going to see something? And so I believe that with the watching, there's going to be things that the Lord reveals to us. Why? Because we're watching. Why watch if you're not going to see something? Are you with me? And so the Lord's telling us to watch, and you're going to see something. And as a result of you watching and seeing something, there's going to be a stirring in your heart. Why? Because we know the end is near. We know it's getting very, very close. Okay, please understand that with me. Now, with all these signs around us pointing to the fact that the rapture is at hand, it's time for us to wake up. Okay, all of us. It's time for us to... As a church to come alive, Amen. this is the time for us to quit playing church. Yeah. This is time for us to get really serious about being the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. If you will, please now go to Luke chapter 17. Jesus is teaching now about this era, this time that we're living just prior to his return. Luke chapter 17, if you would please pick it up in verse 24. It says, For as the lightning that flashes out of one part, under heaven, shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in His day. In other words, just as that lightning flashes so fast, so will the return of Jesus Christ. It's going to be just as that lightning flashes from one side. And that, boy, that's going to be a glorious day. Anybody say amen? amen. And that rapture is going to be a tremendous event. Gravity's going to lose its hold and we're going to fly and we're going to go meet Jesus in the air. Verse 25. But first, He, the Son of Man, speaking of Himself, Jesus, but first, He must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. That was fulfilled. Jesus died on the cross. Verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, here's the comparison to the light, the return of Christ, the sky splitting. And as it was in the days of Noah, So it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, think of Noah's time, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Verse 28, likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sowed, they planted, they built, But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Look at verse 30. Jesus is teaching us. He said, I've given you these two illustrations, these two examples. I've given you the example of Noah. I've given you the example of Lot. Look at verse 30. Even so, from these two examples I've given you, even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. What that teaches me is, in Jesus' teaching, he says, "Like it was in the time of Noah, like it was in the time of Lot, so is it going to be in this time that you and I live, in the time just prior to the return of Jesus Christ." If you will, please, let's see, the emphasis. Jesus, in using Noah and Lot, he emphasized these things. His emphasis was how unaware the people were. Well we see that today. How unaware the people were that there's about to be a flood nearby destroyed. How unaware the people in Sodom were that there was about to be fire and brimstone fall on that city. How totally unaware. Why, do, why were they unaware? Because they were still buying, still selling, they were still planting, they were still marrying. They were just totally unaware. The next is how indifferent they were to the judgment that was coming. Just totally indifferent. And another is, the emphasis is, how preoccupied they were with life. Life was just too important to be interrupted with coming to church on Sunday. Life was just too important. Are you with me? Life was just too important for us to get caught up in the fact that this is the last days. That's exactly the teaching. Okay, here's what we need. Being stirred is just the opposite. Please, if you will, please notice this. Jesus' emphasis And then just the opposite of that is being stirred. Uh, Being stirred is, number one, aware of current events as they point to Jesus' return. So you need to be stirred that there's around us things happening, all of them pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming back. Uh, Also being stirred is having concern with compassion for the judgment that is coming. Now, I don't like to be a hell and fire and brimstone preacher, but the reality is, it is a reality. Hell is a true place. It's not a made-up imaginary place. It is very true. And I've got to tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you judgment is coming. Uh, The third is eternal life believed more important than temporary. See, you've got to get to the place, if you're really stirred, you're going to believe that eternity is more important than now. Yeah, the reality is, just to me, I'm re- trying to be very logical and just use common sense. Uh, this life, if, if you get 100 years, that's nothing compared to eternity. See, your little pea brain and my little pea brain cannot even comprehend eternity. Uh, Think with me. Here's a a good illustration of eternity. And that is um, what we find in just things coming together. You guys that are uh, one of the classes I took in college that I didn't use at all. But then uh, Paula laughed at me because I took metallurgy. And, and, And how in the world are you ever going to use metallurgy? Well, I'm getting ready to use metallurgy in preaching. Uh, In basic metallurgy, what you find is when any two substances rub together, one is going to wear down the other. The one that is harder is going to wear down the softer substance. And let's say you have two substances rubbing together, and one is the size of the earth, a huge marble, the size of the earth made of a particular material. A smaller one, which would be just a marble size, is the harder material. You lay it on the planet earth, and you allow it to just start rolling at a walking speed. When those two marbles are the first side, that's the first second in eternity. See, our pea brains can't even comprehend forever. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah I try to get you to think of it. And you go, you know, that, that, it is just impossible. Everything in our life doesn't last. Your body's not going to last as much as hip and groovy and tough and as you think you are. You ain't going to last. Trust me. When I was 20 years old, I thought it was going to last forever. But trust me, it doesn't last. Uh, your car's not going to last. I got a little sports car out in the parking lot, and I love cars. But the reality is uh, they ain't going to last. Nothing on planet Earth lasts. We've got to recognize there's something called forever. There's nothing more important than you and I getting ready for forever. Nothing's more important than that. Because forever lasts forever without end. And you're going to spend forever in one of two places, either heaven or hell. Okay, I want to take these, this teaching of Jesus and go to focus upon not Noah, but Lot. And if you would, I'm going to focus on Lot. And in Lot, in the story of Lot, I find a comparison to the hour that we live. This is what is being stirred. This is what we as a church need right now in being stirred. And that is, number one, there's got to be an urgent plea coming from the church. There needs to be altar calls given in the church of Jesus Christ today. And and if you don't mind me being a little bit bold, I would ask your pastor candidate next Sunday afternoon, do you give altar calls? That is important to our church. We want a pastor that gives altar calls. We want a pastor that has prayer lines. We want a pastor who expects God to show up and do the miraculous. Can you say amen? That's the kind you want. But if you would please, in order to save Lot from the coming destruction, God sent messengers. Uh, notice with me the story. In verse 12 of Genesis 19, God's ministers told Lot to get his family and to take them out of that place. Notice with me, very specifically, get your, notice with me, your wife, get your son-in-laws, get your daughters, and take them, get them out of this place. What were they telling Lot? They were telling Lot, we're about to destroy Sodom. Get your family, get get them out of here. Notice mentioned son-in-laws. Verse 15, God's messengers urged Lot, notice with me, hurry. It's pending, it's, it's imminent, it's coming quickly, hurry. And so he said, hurry, get these out, if you will. Again, the story, Luke 19 and 16, God's messengers took Lot, his wife, his two daughters by the hand, and took them out of the city. They tarried, but the family tarried. Literally, the messengers took hold of their hands And kind of in our vernacular, they virtually had to drag them out of the city to get them out of there. That's that's the work of the messengers, if you would please. In verse 17, God's messengers pleaded with Lot, escape for your life. Destruction, escape, notice the urgent plea. In verse 22, God's messengers said again, they did say, hurry. So here we see God's mercy at work in the lives of Lot his wife, and his daughters. Literally, the urgent plea and the drawing of the angels, drawing them and getting them out of this Sodom, out of this place of destruction. That can be compared today to the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, we sung about it a while ago, but listen to me, people. We really need to believe what we sing. You know, I think sometimes you get caught up in songs. You just sing the song for the melody and for the words. And and that's the words are great. The melody is great. But the message is what we need. And that is he is here. He is here. And he is here for a reason. One of the reasons the Holy Spirit is here is for an urgent plea. Uh, The Holy Spirit wants to convict every heart that's not ready for eternity. The Holy Spirit needs to be turned loose every service for every heart that's not ready for eternity. Can you say amen? Uh, This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Just as the angels went and got the family, Pull them out of destruction. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do today. The Holy Spirit wants to come to every lost soul in every meeting, pull you out of sin, pull you out of your self-will, pull you out of your destruction, and bring you into life, life abundantly, and then into eternity life. Yeah. Eternal life. Okay, notice with me, if you would, please. Today, signs are all around us pointing to Jesus' return. And it is stirring the hearts of believers. Can you say amen? What are some signs? Uh, I've shared these with you before. I'll go very quickly with these. And in your mind, think, if you would, please, of Matthew 24, Luke 21, and Mark chapter 13. Synoptic Gospels given in each one of the three. And Jesus gives these categories. He says, watch man in relationship with man. There'll be wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, king against kingdom. Uh, he said, watch man in relationship with man. Are we, in a, are we in a condition today where we need to watch man in relationship with man? Yeah. I tell you what, I'm watching Russia right now. Yeah. Because uh, who would have thought Ukraine would have stood against Russia so long? Anybody say amen? Yeah. You you put Putin in a corner and he's about to get there. Yeah. What is he going to do? He's either going to say, well, we lost, y'all won. Or He's going to pull out an atomic bomb. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. We're living in a, now I'm not being prophetic, please don't hear that, and, and I don't put myself up in that position, but I do put myself in this position, I watch. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Jesus told me to watch. That's right. And so I'm watching, and I'm seeing something in man relationship with man. We could be in World War III tomorrow. It's that time. If you would, Jesus said, watch man in relationship with your environment. There'll be, if you remember, earthquakes. There'll be famines. The word pestilence in Luke. Uh, And when you go back to the original Greek, it's lois meaning diseases. COVID-19 was an end time event. And and I put that on my hand on the screen. COVID-19 was such an end time event that... If we've got any common sense whatsoever about being able to watch the events and know that Jesus Christ is coming back, that was a tremendous event. Yeah. Um, if you will, Jesus also said, watch man' relationship with God. The hearts of many will wax cold, but at the same time, the gospel is going to be preached worldwide. For years, when we were younger, we, we thought, how in the world is it going to, gospel to be preached worldwide? And I'm going to tell you, it is right now, internet, worldwide. See, all of those events have come together, and the reality is the church is being stirred. And I'm going to tell you, if you're not stirred, you need to repent. Um, prophecy. Prophecy being fulfilled daily is stirring believers' hearts that Jesus is coming soon. Conviction. I believe if you're like me, I feel a conviction of the Holy Spirit drawing me to a place of trying to do anything. I I, I talked to these uh, veterans yesterday, and I told them that Jesus was the ultimate soldier. He came on a rescue mission. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He came to give his life a ransom from Say, amen. Jesus was the ultimate soldier. We, We need to go everywhere we can, every opportunity we're given, and tell people about Jesus Christ. It's a time for us to be stirred. And for we, the church, we've got the message. We just need to get it out there. It's a time of conviction. If you will, COVID-19, go back to that a moment. COVID-19 proved to us how vulnerable our world is. Can you say amen? Our world literally shut down. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, and we learned from it, but we, sh- we had to close the church in Chickasha, and I'd say your church was too. Uh, the Oklahoma district made contact with us and said, if you keep your church open, you're on your own. Literally. Uh, They said, it's your insurance. If anybody gets sick at your church and dies and then sues your church, you're on your own. That's what the district told us. And the reality is, is, and then deacons had a board meeting and said, we need to shut our church down. I didn't want to shut the church down, but the reality is we had to. And and again, COVID-19 showed us how vulnerable our world was. And I tell you honestly, and please let's just be very transparent, if we were to take a vote, how many wanted the church shut down, I'd say the majority would rule that we'd shut down the church. And the reason why is we were so full of fear. Fear was everywhere with (laughs) COVID-19. Who would have thought movie theaters could be shut down? Who who would have thought Hollywood, Hollywood would shut down? Who would have thought pro sports would shut down? Are you with me? COVID-19 revealed to us how much we don't know. See, we put so much confidence in our medicine and in in technology and in science. And the reality is over and over I I heard this one phrase, well, for an abundance of caution, for abundance of caution. In other words, that was a fancy way of saying we really don't know what we're doing. Are you with me? And that was where we were. COVID-19 was an end time event that I believe that every preacher needs to preach from behind the pulpit. We need to wake up, church. Jesus Christ is coming back. Now, today there are many prophecies fulfilled telling us about the return of Christ. If you will, let me show you some that maybe we don't talk as much about. One is Zionism. Uh, I love Israel. I'm going in November, and if any of you all would like to go, I think there's a couple of openings, and we'd would, would love to have you. In fact, there's Assembly of God pastors from Oklahoma right now in Israel currently. But Zionism, literally, when you hear the word Zionism, is a return of Israel, the people, to Israel, the land. That was a prophetic word from Isaiah. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east, gather them from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. To the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. In other words, the prophetic word was that Israel would be restored. In 1948, Israel became a nation. If you remember with me, since that time of establishing Israel as a nation, this is what happened. Now in Israel, 81%, 81 81.5% of Israel is Jewish. If you will, today, Israel has, and this is a little bit older statistics, but six million plus, and the only nation that is close to Israel in the population of Jews is America. Do you see that? Yeah. And, and understand, uh, this is what happened in Israel's population, and this is the, the lower one, the red one, is non-Jew. The one that escalates is Jew in the population of Israel. Israel has exploded with the Jewish population. We can tell you statistically beyond a question, Israel has gone back to the land. The next prophecy is Jesus, is the fact that the Jews are excited about rebuilding the temple. Uh, If you go to Israel, there's a place called Temple Mount Institute. And uh, Paul and I went there, and, and I've been a couple of times. Uh, and the reality, uh, I can show you some pictures of it. But in, notice with me, this this is why I say the building of a temple is a prophetic word, and it's because this is speaking of, if you will, Second Thessalonians chapter two, three, and four. If you're a Bible student, I challenge you to read First Thessalonians, the First Thessalonian letter, because in every chapter of First Thessalonians there's a reference to the return of Christ. And most of them are near the end of every chapter. So that's a good homework assignment. Read 1 Thessalonians, look for every reference to the return of Christ. And it's near the end of each of the chapters of 1 Thessalonians. As a result of that, Paul had to write 2 Thessalonians. And that was to clear up a misunderstanding. Because people thought that the return of Christ had already come. And the preterists uh, we even deal with them today and the, the preterists believe that the re- return of Christ has already happened and so Paul wrote Second Thessalonians and he says this let no one deceive you by any means for the day will not come unless the fallen way comes first and the man of sin is revealed which we believe is Antichrist yeah. Antichrist hadn't been revealed yet no. I believe he's here I believe he's on the planet yeah. but he's not been revealed yet And the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So in other words, that tells me that there's going to be a temple when Antichrist is here. Are you with me? So there's going to be a rebuilding of the temple. And I can tell you that now when you go to Israel, this is what you'll see. You'll see models in the Jews preparing for the reconstruction of the temple. I can tell you, because I've been there, they've already gathered the material. The material is there. The marble is there, ready to rebuild the temple. I can tell you that they've already got the model. The model is there. They know exactly what it's going to look like. This is where it is. This is going to be the women's court, the outer court, the holiest holies, the sanctuary. They've already got the model. It's right there at the Temple Institute. They've already begun to gather all. Here's the mural, uh, the candelabra or uh, sconce. Uh, Yeah, Menorah, uh, they've already built it. It's already on display there at Temple Mount Institute. And this is a rendering of someone, uh, if I had a pointer, to the right there is Temple Mount today. And they overlaid the construction of the temple, what it will look like with the temple being constructed on Temple Mount. That's exciting. Now, the reality is the Jew is going to start rebuilding the temple the moment they get the land. Are you with me? Because if there was one thing that keeps them right now from building, is this little piece of land called Temple Mount, where Dome of the Rock is. Okay, if you would please, today, understand we're living in this time just prior to the return of Jesus. Another beautiful prophecy that you see fulfilled in Scripture right now if you go to Israel is that the desert will bloom. It was a prophetic word from Isaiah 35 and 1. It says, the wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. When you go to, this is Israel today. And you go to, one of the things if you ever travel to Israel, it was very shocking to me. Every Every 18 year old has a machine gun. Boys and girls, because all the kids go into the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. Every 18-year-old, every you don't, it's not like an option. You turn 18, you go into the IDF. And everywhere all across Israel, you'll see these teenagers, and every one of them have a machine gun. And that's this. Uh, their, their machine gun, they carry their machine gun like you'd carry your wallet. It just becomes a part of them. They go everywhere with it. But notice, if you will, please, Uh, The one thing about the soil of Israel, you put a little bit of water with it and anything will grow. When you visit Israel today and you go to the uh, hotel uh, buffet, uh, they have everything that you can imagine there. I mean, grapefruit, and and I'm a fruit guy, and, you know, watermelon, and they they have honeydew, and and of course, I don't like leeks, but they have leeks, and and I don't even know what kale is, but they have kale, and and then they have, I'm not a tomato guy, but they got tomatoes there, and they have it for breakfast, and the thing that they're very proud of is every bit of it was grown in Israel, so I can tell you that Israel, the prophecy is being fulfilled, Today, the land is blooming. So, like the angels telling Lot, get out, hurry, escape for your life. Today, the Holy Spirit is revealing to us, Jesus Christ is coming back. I believe the church needs to be stirred to the point that we hear the Holy Spirit saying, get up, wake up, get ready. Jesus is coming back. I believe that's the Holy Spirit, the cry of the Spirit today. So, it's time for us to be stirred. Number three, though, this is what, or number two also is, hard hearts. And in verse 14, Lot went to his two son-in-laws and he told them what God is about to do. Lot literally went to his son-in-law head. said, hey, the angels are here. Uh, the city's about to be destroyed. When he told them that they needed to get up, they needed to get out, they laughed at him. It was as if he was joking. I can't tell you that as a pastor, how many times I've had people when I preach like this, I look across the congregation because I'm a people watcher when I preach, and I've had people laugh in my face. We live in a time of hard hearts, just like there were there at Lot's time. If you will, please understand, today, if you talk about the end of the world, you know, and I know there have been some weirdos standing on the street corner, you know, the end of the world coming, and all that, but today, if we talk about the end of the world, Jesus' return, God's wrath coming, many people will laugh in our face. I believe it's a conditioning of the enemy for the culture that we live in. See, the influence of Sodom builds hard hearts. Sodom was known for its sexual perversion. I believe that the sexual perversion of the hour that we live is influencing the hearts of mankind. Why? Because the sexual perversion, honestly, people, please just recognize it for what it is. It's not because it's such an attraction that I'm so attracted her to her, him to him. It is not that. What it is, is a total violation of God. Uh, They are saying that I was created. Now, listen to this lie. They're saying that I was created in the image of God and God is not either a male or a female. And so because I was created in the image of God, I'm not a male or a female. I get to pick what I am. And I'm going to tell you that's a perversion, that's a twisting of God. God created them male and female. God came up with the plan of a male and a female. And when you tried to change what you have been created by God, it's not that you're so attracted, it's because you want to violate the God who created you. And when you get that heart of heart coming in our culture, let me tell you, we're living in a culture of hard hearts. Sodom had no restraint. Sodom had no conscience. Sodom had no morality. Sodom had no Bible. And we're living in a culture today called America that is trying to get us to be like Sodom. Uh, these living in Sodom allowed their hearts to go harder and harder to where when they heard the warning call, it's time to get out, judgment's coming, they laughed. They laughed in the face of Lot. So today we find ourselves living in Sodom. Uh, we live in an anything-goes, perverted society. We, we do. And, and hearts are getting harder every day. But God. But God. I'm going to tell you the truth of God is no joke. Uh, the reality is there is right and wrong. Can you say Amen. The, that, that's the lie of our culture is, is that there is no absolutes. There, but let me tell you, there is a right and there is a wrong. Uh, sin is wrong. It's, it was wrong yesterday, it was wrong in the Word, and it's going to be wrong tomorrow. It doesn't matter what the Democrats say, it doesn't matter what the Republicans say, it doesn't matter what Hollywood says, wrong is wrong. We've got to understand God's judgment is coming. If God does not judge America, he's going to have to rebuild Sodom and apologize. If God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to resurrect everyone who died in the flood and and apologize to them. Are you with me? And the reality is God is God. If he did that then, he's going to judge in the future. We've got to understand this. Now, it's not popular preaching. It's not preaching that makes you want to pat the preacher on the back, but it's the truth. And we're living in an hour that we, the church, must be willing to be stirred. You're about to get you a new pastor. You need to get behind him. You need to support him. You need to encourage him. You need to say, preach the truth, brother. Preach the truth. The reason why I say that is, as a pastor, you get so discouraged. When you look out there and people yawn in your face. Don't yawn in his face. Encourage him. Say, go get him, buddy. If you will, the third is the severe punishment. In Genesis verse 24, it says, then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heaven. And if you would please. So he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities. And he also, what grew on the ground, destroyed it all. It was a total destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord destroyed everything. When you visit Sodom today, this is Sodom. And the reality is it happened just as the prophecy. And that was Sodom is destroyed. And in fact, Sodom was And all Bible scholars believe that Sodom is sitting in the bottom of the Dead Sea. Uh, when you go to Israel, you visit the Dead Sea. This, this is the Dead Sea. Uh, the Dead Sea is the lowest point on planet Earth. I, don't, I think that's, well, pretty much an illustration. Where is Sodom? The lowest point you can go. Yeah. And the minerals of the Dead Sea are so much. That I, I've been in the Dead Sea. You literally cannot sink. Uh, you sit in the Dead Sea, you're just going to float. And, and if you sit up like this, you're like you're in a chair. You lay down like this, you're like you're in a, uh, a recliner. And, and, and the Dead Sea has such minerals. If you got any cut on you, you you're going to feel it. It's going to sting and because it's got a healing property. And if you got hemorrhoids, you're going to walk on water. You know, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you all for letting me break the ice there a little bit. <laughs> we're, we're, this is kind of heavy talking about, you know, punishment. So we had to put something in there to get you to laugh. But that's the Dead Sea. And I can tell you today, y'all were ready to laugh, weren't you? This is just real heavy. And man, I just threw that out there. Man, thank you for that. Let me laugh. <laughs> the Dead Sea represents what the name indicates. Everything is dead. If you will, today, this stands. Is that Lot's wife? I, I don't know. You know, they they refer to it as, uh, because that's at the that's the Dead Sea. When you look across, if you can barely see that ridge on the other side, that's Jordan, the country of Jordan. And this is the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea on Israel's side, uh, there's this, that is standing there. And they say, that's Lot's wife. The next verse that I didn't read was verse 32. And, and it's three words. Uh, what's the shortest scripture in the Bible? G- two words. Okay, this is the next one. Three words. It says, remember Lot's wife. And so you look at this, it's there. And what is the message? Remember Lot's wife. What do we remember about Lot's wife? She looked back. That back was more important than what was ahead. And I I believe people, we've got to understand we need to remember. You need to remember Lot's wife. Remember what happened to her. We're living, because Jesus said the last days that you live in, that we live in, can be compared to the time of Lot. And we can be compared also to what Lot's wife did. I don't want to be a part of a church that we keep looking back. It's time for us to look forward. It's time for you as a church, please listen to me, to quit looking back. Uh, Don't blame anybody for what happened yesterday. Uh, Whatever happened, sorry, go on. Are you with me? If you didn't like your previous pastor, sorry on his behalf, I'm sorry. Now suck it up and go on. Forget about it, okay? You can't change what happened yesterday, right? But you can change what's going to happen tomorrow. Quit looking back. Look forward. I believe there's a revival coming for Long Grove Assembly of God Church. I tell you, I don't just say that. Paula can tell you. I go to some churches and I go, "Woo, let's get out of here." But I I tell you, I come to this church and I love you people. I believe revival's on its way. I believe God's going to fix. God is going to fix this church. Now you've been broken. Face it. You were a mess when I came. <laughs> And I told Paul, I go, man, this is a mess. But thank God you've been rallying together. God has been speaking to your hearts. The good thing is you've been listening and you've been doing what God's been telling you to do. You've been coming back. We've seen people saved. We've seen families and marriages restored. We've seen healings. God has been moving in this place. But let me tell you, he's only begun to do what he wants to do. Remember Lot's wife. Quit looking back. Look forward to the next move of God. Yes. I believe God is going to build, fill this church up. And I believe that God's going to do, make this church stronger, more effective than you've ever been. I believe that is in God's future for you. Anybody say amen. amen. This is a time. Would you stand with me, please? This is a time for stirring. It's time for the church to be stirred. Can you say Amen. Okay, I didn't say that just to, for me. I said that for you. This is time for the church to be stirred. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. It's time. It's time. It's time. Thank God for what he's about to do. Amen. Jesus Christ is coming back. Amen. Wow. He could come back this afternoon and he wouldn't have to apologize to anybody. Right, he wouldn't because we are without excuse. Yeah, right. yeah. The signs, the wonders... All that has been done, all that has been revealed prophetically, uh, man, it could happen this afternoon. We are without excuse. And I would hate to think that there was somebody in that Sunday morning service that I preached that I didn't give the opportunity to make things right with Christ. Would you bow your heads? Father, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that needs to come to you in salvation that, Lord, you'd break down every wall, that you'd remove every barrier, that, Lord, you would draw them even to you right now. And Father, may any that are here that, know, that don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're ready to meet you, may they pray this prayer of salvation this morning, and may they know that they know that they know that they're right with you in Jesus' name. I feel an urging to do something, and I'm gonna lead in a prayer. And I want everyone across this congregation, if you would please pray with me. And if you're praying this prayer this morning, and, and you are now accepting Christ, let this be your salvation, and you go forward in Christ. But I'm going to ask every Christian here to pray with me. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I, need a I need a Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe, I believe you rose again. I believe you're coming back. You're coming back. Lord, come into my life. Lord, into my life. Help, me Help me to live for you. May I be faithful for you. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. Amen. amen. And to God be the glory for salvation. Could amen. you say amen? Thank God. In fact, let's thank you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for receiving us just as we are. And I pray that now, Father, as we come into this prayer time around the altars, that there would be a stirring in this church. That, Lord, we would be stirred to pray for the next pastor, that, Lord, we would be stirred to pray for the next altar call, that, Lord, would be stirred to pray for the next salvation, that we would be stirred to pray for the next healing, that, Lord, we'd be stirred to pray for the next baptism with the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking with other tongues, that, Lord, we'd be stirred to pray for the next family restored, that, Lord, we'd be stirred to pray for what You're about to do. Lord, thank you for covering the past with your precious blood. And Lord, we're going to leave the past where it is. And Lord, we're going to see this church go forward in you. We pray your blessing, Father, in Jesus' name. Church family, if you would, please, would you come around these altars? Let's seek God for a while. And just let it be your private time. You pray as long as you like. Dismiss yourself. Let's seek the Lord together for his stirring. Father, thank you. Thank you for the stirring.